Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Today, I won't be speaking. Let the Holy Spirit speak. Every preacher, every preaching, every message is not the speaker, it's the Holy Spirit. Everything is from the Lord. Nothing comes from us, nothing starts with us. It all starts with the Lord. Let's commit this time to the Lord. Father, we thank you that we have nothing to boast about. Even as we come in your name, we say, God, Holy Spirit, that you are the revealer of all truths. And I commit myself into your hands and say, God, reveal yourself. Remind us of Jesus Christ, our Lord, today, as we come in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You know, many years ago, I was in the hospital, and this patient was dying, and he just heard from the doctor he got only a few hours to go. So I went to see him, and he said, Victor, doctor just told me I'll be, die- I'll be dead in four or five hours. And he said, I want to make sure that I cross over. I said, cross over to where? He said, I make sure that I want to go to heaven. And I believe in him because he's, he's a strong believer. But he wanted his own minister from his own church to come and said, okay, I, I, I get one minister for you and we, we went together. And he said, he asked his daughter who was standing next to him and he said, quickly, you Google, Ten Commandments. And the daughter read, first commandment, second commandment, he closed his eye, he nodded his head, and then he said, I missed two church services in his life. In his life, two church services. He asked for forgiveness. I'm not saying that he can't go to heaven, but he's such a serious Christian, I could, you can even feel his, his intensity to say, I want to cross over. I believe he's with the Lord, Honestly. But God does not tick the Ten Commandments to make you to decide whether you should go to heaven or should go to heaven. Uh, Paul, please, thank you. Thank you, Paul. The Lord, the Holy Spirit is the author of of the Bible, inspired by the Holy Spirit. God does not write commandments to lay a curse on human beings, on his own people. God does not write the law to lay a curse on anybody. Right? And yet, and yet we always think that the, 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 the law, if you obey the law, is a curse. Yes, it is true. But the curse doesn't come from God. Galatians chapter 10, verse, chapter 3, verse 10 says, For all for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be anyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and to do them. Now this law is about Moses' law. It is about the 613 commandments that, that the Jewish believer um, uh, 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 listed or accumulated from the first five books of the Bible. Genesis to Deuteronomy. 613 laws. 
And those laws are good. It is righteous. The Bible says it is righteous. It is good. It is holy. But it depends on human beings to obey all of them. You cannot lift up one. James chapter 2 verses 10 to 7. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of it all. Because the God who says that you do not commit adultery is also the God who says you do not murder. Right? If you, murder, if you do not commit adultery but you murder, you have sinned against the whole law. So God is not against you. God is, is not right, is, has not read, is not, did not write the law to condemn or to judge or to curse. It is human beings cannot fulfill it. First of all, you cannot rely on the law that you become a righteous person and a, 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 a holy person simply because you have obeyed the law. You have to obey fully 613 laws and nobody can. We can't, we are human. Right? We can't, we, we can't fulfill the, we can't do all. So it's, it's about you. Can you can you obey all the six, 613 laws and uh, not to fail even one? We can't. We are human. And God has to send His Son, Jesus Christ. Pause second. God has to send His Son, Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Curses is everyone who is hung on the tree. Now, we can't fulfill the law. Jesus came and said, okay, let me fulfill it for you. If there is any one law that you cannot fulfill, let me forgive you so that you still have peace with God. And that is the grace of God. We can't fulfill the law. You know, law, obeying the law is such a... Um, it, it is such a, a, a society thing, you know. We have... You know, even in your family or in the company, we have performance index. If you don't perform, you can't be promoted. Am I right? We can hear, I mean, sometimes the parents also say, right, if you are good, I will give you this. If you pass your exam, I will give you this. It's all performance-based. Law is about your performance. But grace is about the love of God. Love is a relationship. It's not a performance. Law, you have to perform. Love, you receive. Grace, you receive. You don't perform, you receive. Because God performed for you. But yet we are so influenced by the society that we, we bring it to our family and say you have to perform. If not, you can't. Performance is a condition. God's love has no condition. It's unconditional love. I hope today we, we, we change some of our thinking. Sometimes we carry it without knowing it. What we hear from the... Uh, what we got it, the, the corporate culture in the, in, in the company, and we carry it into our, our family, and we want it to perform. We want everybody in the family to perform without grace, without love, without mercy. Galatians chapter 2, verse 13. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, so that also believe in Jesus, in Christ Jesus, 
in order to be justified by faith in Christ. That not, not by works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. No one can become righteous just simply because you think you have performed the law. Righteousness comes from the Lord. Right? We are not righteous, but God, God credited us righteousness because of our belief. The blood of the Lamb of God on the mercy seat justify and testify that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It is not our doing. It is Jesus' doing. That simply because we are justified by His blood on the Lamb, on the, uh, uh, the Lamb of God on the mercy seat. That we are justified as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No one is holy, but He called us holy. We are called holy. We are not worked to be holy. Right? We, are, we don't work to become holy. No matter how, how many times you stand in the mirror and look at yourself and say, okay, I think I'm holy. No. God called us holy. He said, he called you holy and blameless even before the foundation of the world because he lavished his grace upon us. No one, uh, sorry, uh, Paul, we are only, no one can, can, can be justified by the works of the law alone, but only through faith in Jesus Christ. Faith is, the faith is a language of relationship. Faith is a language of relationship. Faith is you believe in Jesus Christ. There is a relationship that you have in Jesus Christ, that you believe in him, that you fulfill, that he fulfilled his promises to you. Faith is a relationship language. Law has no mercy. You go against the law, you are dead. Law, you don't have to be do, Lord, you don't have to have a relationship with God. You just obey the law. It's just that you are in this country, you obey the law of the traffic, but you don't have a relationship with the prime minister. Do you? No. You can obey the law without a relationship. But you can't have grace without a relationship. Grace is somebody accept you and embrace you for who you are. Grace is a relationship. Mercy is a relationship. Peace is a relationship. Love, of course, is a relationship. But commandment has no relationship. Commandment is for you to obey. It's a commandment. And God changed this through Jesus Christ our Lord. He sent his son to die on the cross to, to make peace between you and God. It is not because you are good, because God is good. We are sinners. Right? No matter how, you, how clean you look from the outside, I know you have some evil thoughts as well. You have some selfish thoughts. We all have. Right? So it is through faith and just... Sorry. Ah, Paul, sorry. And believe in Jesus Christ. God can give us the gift of faith... But you can reject it also in human. Yes. So he gives you the gift of faith. We receive it. We say, God, I believe in you. I will go according to this way. Right? So believe in Jesus Christ. Then you are justified. You are made righteous because of your belief. So only thing that God requires from us to connect with him that we are in Christ 
is your belief. It's not your qualification. It's not your performance. It is your belief. All that Lord God is looking for is your belief in Him. Abraham was credited righteousness because of his belief. Don't strive too hard to say, I want to be so close to God. God only asks for you to believe. Do you believe Son of God who died on the cross for you? Do you believe that all His word, He will keep His promise to you? Yes. Amen. That's worth the message already. Amen. All right, next one, please, Paul. Thank you. Paul, thank you. Grace, see, this, this, this is amazing, okay? Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 to, think, uh, two, two to 4. Grace to you and peace from God, our Lord, our, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When you receive Jesus Christ, grace comes to you. You don't even pray for. You just say the sinners, grace come to you, peace come to you. They come to you in Christ. Even before you have faith, grace come to you. God bless us with every spiritual blessing even before you have faith. Verse 3, Blessed be the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. God chose us when we are yet sinners. And grace come to you. And, and he said, he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even before the foundation of the world. Before you even know him, God has already, we are all born with these rich blessings or every spiritual blessing that God has spoken into your life. The word of God cuts through the division of soul and spirit, John and Mary. The moment you have a baby and you believe that this baby comes from the Lord and you pray a blessing of, of Christ upon him, the word of God cuts through the division of his soul and spirit, John and Mary. In other words, every part of his body, soul and spirit is blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's how much God loves us. We always think that faith is regarding, is about you ask for something, God gives you something, and that is faith. No, it's beyond your asking. There are things that you don't ask, and He gave it to you already. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, you don't even ask, but He gave it to you. Our job is to be in Christ. Our job is to connect with Christ. Now, we don't want to come to this church and do a ritual. We don't want to take the communion as a ritual. We don't want to pray as a ritual. Every time we come to the Lord, it's an intention to be connected with the Lord. Many people rubbed and touched Jesus, but only one lady who draw power from the Lord, the lady with the issue of blood. So we, when we come to the Lord, we don't, have to, we don't want to come and look at the Lord and look at oh, how church is like and how is worship good or not. Is the message good or not? We come to get connected with God and draw power from the life of Christ. Many rub Jesus, the shoulder, the hand, touch. Only one draw power. 
the, the lady with the issue of blood. Next, please. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they have life and have it more abundantly. When Jesus came to your life, you already have life, have it more abundantly. You don't even know how to ask for it. The life, life more abundantly is a life that every part of your body, because it's your life. Let's, let, let's, let's go to Galatians 2, 21st. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He didn't give part of him to you. He gave himself, his whole life to you. Now the life, life more abundant because you believe in Jesus Christ. It's no longer that you live in your life of flesh. Your life of flesh comes with curses and sin. Yes? But now you don't live in this life. You, live, you believe by faith that you live in the life of Christ. Right? When you live in the life of Christ, every part of your body, soul and spirit functions according to what you draw from the life of Christ to fulfill what God has said. I come that you have life and feel more abundantly. Your physical health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, your mental health, your life, your relationship, the works of your hands, the, your, your, your prosperity, your fruitfulness, the plan that God has for you. He said his plan is to prosper you in all things, in good health, even as your soul prospers. That plan has to fulfill every part of the, every, everywhere you go in your life, everything that you contact, every person you contact. God makes sure that he fulfilled this for you, that he can you have life, have seen more abundantly. And this, this, this is the vision for our own life. It has to be fulfilled that you have life, have seen more abundantly. In other words, life, life more abundantly comes from the life of Christ. In other words, the Bible says the life of John, John chapter 1, I think. The life of Christ, in, in Christ is life and the life is our light. Right? So your, your, your physical health, your emotional health, your, your whole body, soul, and spirit lives according to the life of Christ that becomes your light. So your life of Christ, that, 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 that your physical health depends upon and your mental health depends upon do not come from the life of flesh. It comes from the life of Christ. It is far above medical science. You are healthier than you think. You are stronger than you think. Your mental health is clearer than you think. Because it comes from the life of Christ. And the life of Christ needs you only one thing. There is only one word. Believe that you are in Christ. And so, so and also that the, 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 the life, life more abundantly, all that you have, your physical health and so on and so forth, and the fruitfulness, prosperity, all are the fruits from the vine, not from your working out. Even your blessing, he said, he commands his blessing upon you in all that you set your hands on, in your storehouses, in all that he set your hands on. The blessing, he commanded his blessing to come to you. 
Blessing has a commander. It's not your performance. Blessing has a commander, and that is Jesus Christ our Lord. He commands his blessing upon you. Do you want to be in touch with him? That's your choice. Right? Next week. When we receive Jesus Christ, God has set a divine order in your home. We always say that put our house in order. The word grace, mercy, peace, and love in all these verses, they all come in this order. This is the order. It always starts with grace. Grace is God accept you without a condition, unmerited favour of God. Nothing to do with your performance, nothing to do with your colour, nothing to do with your intelligence, nothing to do with your Bible qualification, nothing to do, how many, nothing to do with how many times you pray or how, how long you fasted. It is grace. It is God accepting you for who you are. Mercy requires forgiveness. Peace is reconciliation. God starts with the grace He accepts us for who we are. Without grace, there is no acceptance. Without mercy, there is no forgiveness. Without peace, there is no reconciliation. And you have no mercy, no grace, no peace. Your, your love is conditional. At home, this is a very good model to work with. And God has said it in our home as we carry Christ to our home because we accept one another at home. Don't set a condition. We like to set a condition, right? I can forgive you, but don't do it again. Is it common? Very common. Right. I can accept it, but next time when you sit here, please sit far away. Very common. We can't even, if you can't accept one another, you cannot forgive. Forgiveness has no condition, grace has no condition, peace has no condition, love has no condition. And I know it's hard to work, but this is the model God, God gave it to us in the family. Without mercy, no acceptance. Without, mercy, without grace, no acceptance. Without mercy, no forgiveness. Without, without peace, no reconciliation. Yes? Right? And without, without reconciliation, there is no love. It works like that. So if you have no, 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 no way to go breakthrough today of relationships, or whether it's at home or in the company, look at this model that God has said. Do you accept your boss? Sometimes we accept everything that he does, but we don't accept the way that he drinks his coffee too loud. <laughs> right? You can't accept one little thing. Right? I say it starts with acceptance. God accepts us for who we are. God already blessed us before even we were born. Right? We read it just now from the book Ephesians, right? Right? He blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places before, uh, uh, before the creation of the world. But in Christ, before the creation of the world. Right? And subsequently, then he knit us into the mother's womb and he called us by name. Even before we know him, he has already 
everything put in place for you and lead you into the mother's womb and call you by name and bring you out. He's, he's, you have already been blessed. We do not born into this world as a liability. We are born into this world as an asset, as a blessing. We are blessed and be blessed. So no one is born into this world that with such a, 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 a discrimination or such a, they call it, accident. There is no such thing as accident. God has a purpose for each one of us. Next please, Paul. So that in Christ Jesus, Galatians 3.14, in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Now, and this is something that we may not even, even pray for. But it is by because you have faith in Jesus Christ, the blessing of Abraham come to you. In other words, the generation blessing come to you, your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-great-grandchildren. Bible says he blessed us to a thousand generations. So your grandchildren who is not here is already been blessed. It's whether you acknowledge it or you don't acknowledge it or you believe in, believe in it or you don't believe in it. The blessing of Abraham is also about your inheritance that God has. The promised land. The blessing from generation to generation. You know, I, 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 I always ask the dying patients that, that when they can't sleep and I say, you spend time and talk to God and pray to God for your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. They want to pray. Because even if the person died, God is the God of faithfulness. His faithfulness lasts through all generations. He hears your prayer, he'll continue to bless your children. The, the best inheritance, I believe, that we can give to our children, our prayers. Even when you're not around, God heard your prayer, he will continue to fulfill it. Because God's faithfulness lasts through all generations. So pray for your children. Even if it's a small little girl now, you pray for her husband. You pray for her, your grandchildren. And ask God, what sort of grandchildren you like? What sort of children you like? Because that's what God's, God's faithfulness lasts for all generations. This come through because you are connected with God, Jesus Christ. And it flows through the generation. Even even you may have grandchildren who may not be a Christian or his wife may not be a Christian, but it comes to the Gentile too. They will, become, they will come to the Lord. And not only that, we receive the Holy Spirit, the fullness of Jesus Christ inside us. God says that, that, that he fills us with the fullness of Christ. Every one of us, every morning you have... You, you, you are filled with the fullness of Christ. In other words, every part of your body, soul, and spirit has been filled with the fullness of Christ. Your liver has been filled with the fullness of Christ. Every cell has been filled with the fullness of Christ. Every organ in your body has been filled with the fullness of Christ. There's a power and authority of the living God within you that every part of your body, soul, and spirit function according to the life and the godliness of our Lord Jesus Christ. God doesn't come just for our spirit, He comes for our body as well. Because He heals our body, He says His word cuts through the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. Let our blessing flow to every part of physical body, emotional body, and spiritual body. And the Holy Spirit, as I preached 
two, two, two weeks ago. The Holy Spirit, the, the, the Holy Spirit is the missing link of the holistic care of a human body. We have physical body, we have doctors and medications, supplements, we have psychiatrists, psychologists, and you have your own emotion to take care of. But the Holy Spirit is the missing link. Because that is the one that who can connect you to God and cut, cut through the division of soul and spirit. Take care of your body, soul and spirit. Take care of your children, take care of your grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Your emotion can affect your physical health. Am I right? Your physical health can affect your emotion. Yes? Your, 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 your emotion can affect your spirit. Right? We are human. That's why every morning that, that Paul said, I, I always pray that, that, that God strengthen your inner man. God, 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 strengthen your, God grants you according to glorious riches in Christ Jesus to be strengthened by might through the Holy Spirit. That our inner man is always weak. Our spirit is always weak, right? You hear something, you begin to change. Right? You think of something, fear may come in. Doubt may come in. Frustration, anger may come in. But we, our inner man needs to be strengthened every day by the Holy Spirit. In other words, every day be in touch with the Lord. You know, acknowledge God. Pray to God. Say a word to the Lord. Talk to God in, in your day. You know, that's where you're in touch with God. Intentionally and say, God, I want to be intentionally touching you. I don't want to do it as a ritual. Paul, thank you. Galatians 3, verses 26 to 28. And in Christ, again, in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Now, this defines our identity. It is such a, you know, you hear this all the time, who am I? Right? Who am I? Where did I come from? I, I mean, you hear it from mental health patients, right? All the time, who am I? Where do I come from? We, we lose our identity. Identity is about the key thing that everybody wants your identity these days. Right? They love your phone number. They love your account number. They love your where do you live. The whole media wants your identity. Right? But our identity is with the Lord. We are the children of God. We are the children of God. We live in the kingdom of God. The moment you receive Jesus Christ, the Lord establishes his identity with you and you are with him. You abide in him and he abides in you. You are one with him, just like he is one with the Father. This is our identity. And this is, this is, this, this is the, 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 the anchor to our hope in Christ. Our hope in Christ, our hope... When you come to Christ, your hope does not anchor in the uncertainties of the world. Our hope anchors in the assurance of the promises of God. We are not into the uncertainty of the world. We don't live according to uncertainties of the world. We live according to the assurance of faith of, in Jesus Christ, whose blood is on the mercy seat that testifies, justifies that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 27, for as many of you who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. They are neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor, nor, 
nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ. When you are one in Christ, the Lord change your community, change your, your whole thinking about your community. There is no discrimination with colors anymore, no Jews, no Gentiles. No racial discrimination in the kingdom of God. There is no status anymore that he is poor or he is a, he is a, he, he is a slave or I'm a master. We all eat from the same plate. We don't discriminate against whether he's a, he's, she's a male or a, or a son or a daughter in, in the culture that I came from. I think my, my grandfather's uh, generation, actually my mother's generation. The ladies were not allowed to be educated. My mother was not educated. All the girls were not educated. They were not allowed to. Education is only given to the boys. But when we come to Christ, this is, we have an identity. We have, we, have, we have a family that does not discriminate. Why? Because there is a love and the fruit of the Holy Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They hold your relationship together. God is not about you alone, but He's also about your family. It's all about the. It's all about the. It's also about the community. The, the community that you live in, and that's why it is. It is. It is. Uh, it is not just we receive Christ and we come to church. No, God is looking at you and your family. God is looking at the community that you are in. That Christ is with you always, wherever you go. That he see his grace. People see his grace through you. People see his mercy through you. People see his peace through you. People see his love through you. Uh, next, please. Last one. Well, last one. Now, the, 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 the key thing is that grace mercy, peace, and love. That if you can take home with, that you don't have to judge people by performance. You don't have to feel that you have to perform to come to God. You have to please God. God please, is already pleased with you because His Son has died on the cross for you and for me. You don't have to think that God may not answer my prayer because I didn't go to church last week. Coming to church is important. I'm not saying that coming to church is not important. Don't come to church as a ritual. Come to church as a connection because God, God has a specific purpose for a community. God can speak to you personally, but God, God speaks to you corporately. Yeah? Yeah, there are things that God doesn't speak to you personally, but He, he, he speaks to you from the church. You know, church is also a place of accountability and, and growth. Yeah, we grow together in the unity of faith because the body has to function. God does not create His body with Christ and you alone. He, Christ is with you and plus others. So there is, there is a corporate purpose of, uh, 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 of the body, right? God, God put everything under Christ. You know, so there is a purpose for the body. So 
coming to church is important. The important thing is that we are connected with God and there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You know, it's so often that the patient said, I, I, you know, they have not come to church, have not prayed for 40 years, 50 years. The moment you mention about Christ, they just cry because no one reminded of Christ. They think, they think Christ has left them for 40 years. No, Christ never leave you. You left Christ. You know, I have a patient, patient who cried, who cried, who was very 80, 90 years old, cried, and the doctors said, go and see him, her. And she cried all the time. I went to see her. I said, why do you cry all the time? And she said, I cannot worship God anymore. I said, why? Because I cannot get up. My feet hurt. I said, can you talk to God when you're lying down? Can you talk to your father when you're lying down? Of course I can. She starts saying the Lord's Prayer, I think, in her own language. This is the grace of God. No need to be religious. There are people who think they can't pray because it is the feet hurt, they cannot kneel down. Recently, we have a patient who say, you know, there is a certain denomination who believe in last rite for the dying patient, right? And recently, two or three families asked me, different families, so we cannot pray anymore. I said, why? Because the last rite has been done. That means the last prayer on earth. There is no such thing as the last prayer on earth. The prayer is for the living. As long as it has breath, we, we pray. You know? Let us pray. Now today you are here if you do not know Jesus Christ. Or you feel that you have been condemned. Or you feel that you are far away from God. Or you feel that, that uh, because you have certain events in your life that it is not worthy to come to the Lord. The good news is all covered by grace. God wants you to come back. God wants you to connect with Him. A patient cried bitterly when I saw her. She said, Victor, I'm of certain religion. I said, and she said, I said, it's okay because I'm not here for religion. I'm just here for you. Before I left, she cried and she called me back again. She said, I, kept, I became a, a, a certain religion past 10, 15 years because of my partner. Can I come back to God? I said, yeah, you come back to God. She said, I've left God for 15 years. I said, no, God never leaves you. That's the grace of God. So today, if you are here, you feel that you have left God. God, I, the assurance is that even for those who are watching on, on video, the assurance is that God did not leave you. The grace of God wants you to come back to to, to God again, yeah? If you feel connected, let us pray. And for those who are watching, let's say this prayer in your own heart. You can say it out loud as well, out loud as well. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sin. I ask you to forgive my sin. I acknowledge you never leave me nor forsake me. I may have felt that you left me, but Lord, I know you are with me today. 
and you'll continue to be with me forevermore. Lord Jesus, I come to my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior as I commit my life to you. And I choose life and blessing. I reject cursing and death. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit who lives in me, making my body your holy temple, that I have life and have seen more abundantly, that I can have a testimony that I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer that I live, but Jesus Christ lives in me. The life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.